Welcome to the Sensory Change Podcast, where we learn to think differently as a community supporting sensory kids at all levels. We share all sensory matters through discussions and interviews with experts in the field to get practical ideas and simple strategies to implement in day-to-day life. Here is your host and author of Against the Odds, Dana Latter. Jennifer Kozak is the author of Healing Without Hurting, an amazing book which describes her journey with her son, Ivan, which reminded me of my story with Guy. So, uh, hi, Jennifer. Hi, thanks so much for having me on today. Oh, it's a pleasure. You have an amazing story to share with my listening. Uh, could you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a psychotherapist. Um, I've worked in the medical model for 20 years or so. Um, I worked primarily for the first half of my career with psychiatrists, um, working in hospitals and, and mental health settings. And, you know, where we were putting a lot of children on medication for things like ADHD, anxiety and depression. And until I had my own children, so I had my son in 2006, um, and he was about two or three years old when I started to question what I had been learn, learning from my um, psychotherapist friends, from my psychiatrist friends about the efficacy of medication on young children. And so I started to question it only because I saw so many children come into my psychotherapy practice with lots of side effects from these medications, and I did not want my child to go down the same road. So I ended up um, finding better solutions than anyone had ever offered me before. So that's kind of what started my journey to look for alternatives to medication. Uh-huh. So how can we heal our body from, by healing the gut? So what I've discovered is that 95% of the body's serotonin is actually in the gut or in our digestive system. And so we've been sort of treating the wrong organ. And what I discovered is that with the help of functional medicine uh, practitioners and medical doctors, MDs, as well as naturopathic physicians, I have learned that by healing the gut wall um, with many different remedies, um, such as a glutamine, um, aloe vera, um, along with marshmallow balm and other herbals, um, we are able to seal the gut wall. So we're hearing a lot more about leaky gut syndrome and it contributing to psychiatric symptoms um, as well as behavioral symptoms. And so we needed to really look at the gut health um, of the organism of the you know of the person and you know to f- come to find out that the microbiome, is essentially important for the development and the mood and behavior of an individual. And so when we start looking at the gut, um, we start recognizing that we have a lot of food sensitivities that could be triggering bad behavior. We also look at nutritional deficiencies. We're looking at toxicity. And so there's lots of things to investigate um, that goes beyond what our mainstream medical community has taught us about these conditions. Uh Uh-huh. And why do you think there are so many children nowadays who are diagnosed to be on the spectrum? Well, I definitely think and I definitely believe in epigenetics. Um, I, for a very long time, and I believe everyone is kind of schooled in the belief that this is all genetic and that, you know, if our father had ADHD, if our mother had anxiety or depression, that we're prone to get that. 
And although I definitely think there is a, a link um, genetically, I definitely believe in epigenetics, which is a blooming field to understand that it's not so much genetics, but it's epigenetics and that it's the way that environmental toxins are interfering with our genetic code. And so, for example, if you have a genetic mutation because of the insults from the toxins, your body might not know how to detox effectively. Your body might not know how to transport nutrients between cells. And this is hugely problematic. Um, so unfortunately, when we start investigating some of the underlying causes of ADHD and autism, we come to realize that a lot of our children have a lot of these genetic mutations. And so we really need to remedy those with nutrition um, and other natural healing modalities. So what would you advise would be the first step? In so I highly recommend, and my book Healing Without Hurting goes into you know very specific detail. Um, you know, it also goes into many of the therapies and why I loved your book so much is that it's really opened my eyes to the vision therapy and the syntonic light therapy and all of those other therapies that can help our children with sensory processing disorder, ADHD, and autism. And there is a section of my book on that, but my book goes into the biomedical treatment um, of these conditions. And so very often it, it involves a full metabolic workup. Um, the best way to get the complete story is to see a naturopath, for example, who will run some testing, some lab tests. And I also know that there's a lot of family members that we have that might not agree with this modality or don't really believe in it. Um, I know my husband didn't until he started to see the blood work. Mm -hmm. And once he started to see blood work and saliva testing and urine testing, and we were able to kind of paint a full story for Evan, we were then able to address his underlying conditions and really, really help him progress. Uh -huh. um, as you know, lots of kids on the spectrum have lots of anxiety issues. So how can they go through the, the blood tests? I mean, what advice or how did you go through it? So, you know, I happen to believe that a lot of ADHD is actually anxiety because if you have a lot of anxiety, you're not going to be able to focus very well. Yeah. Um, if you have a lot of anxiety, you might be very impulsive. Um, which we see in our children. If you have a lot of anxiety, you might be very angry. Um, so I definitely think anxiety is at the crux of this. Mm -hmm. And often anxiety disorders, um, you know, except for cases in which there's trauma, um, obviously we can't discredit that. I am a psychotherapist, so I do believe that there are family situations and trauma and different stressors that are, you know, of course, contributing to these symptoms. But on top of that, you know, anxiety in itself, um, something is going on in the gut, yeah. um, whether it's a nutritional deficiency, you know, lots of times, you know, for example, kids are very deficient. People are very deficient in, say, source minerals like, like magnesium. Mm -hmm. Magnesium is our anti-stress mineral. Again, we kind of are in the mainstream medical model where we're looking for one remedy or one treatment or one supplement that's going to treat the anxiety. Um, but unfortunately, it's very a mainstream medical kind of approach to sort of symptom management. But I'm in the firm belief that we really have to go deeper. Um, we really have to try to figure out exactly what the cause is. And it could be very unique to each individual. So one child may have a lot of yeast overgrowth in the gut, and that might be contributing to his anxiety. Some children have, a, you know, a whole host of nutritional deficiencies, and that's causing a lot of anxiety. Some kids have a lot of learning disabilities, and that's contributing. And, you know, learning disabilities could be anything from visual processing issues mm -hmm. um, all the way to, you know, food sensitivities and other 
things that are contributing to it. So we really need to start taking a look at each child individually and understanding what their makeup is and what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to, you know, just say, you know, this one remedy or this, you know, I think there are remedies out there that could really help to arrest some of the symptoms while you do the underlying work to try to figure out what else is going on. Uh-huh. And is there a big difference, uh, I mean, in taking a blood test in comparison to tests that don't do the blood so there's lots of different tests, and just depending on what you're looking for will determine what testing is more appropriate. For example, if you're testing for heavy metal toxicity, which could be a root cause of learning disabilities, for example, um, you would do a hair sampling test. Mm-hmm. So you would take the root hair of a child. Um, if you're looking for neurotransmitters, you're going to take the urine. Um, if you're looking for food sensitivities, um, the best testing is blood testing, whether it's um, a draw or a finger prick test. There are tests that you could just prick the finger of the child and put the blood on the slide and send it into a lab. And a couple of weeks later, you get the results. So, you know, it's not, um, it's kind of interesting in that it really just depends on what you're looking to test. Um, we'll determine what tests that you need to run, for example. Uh-huh. And uh, what would you say to empower parents with a child on the spectrum? So I, one of the most important things is that all parents recognize is that, um, first of all, our children are not bad. <laughs> our children are not doing this on purpose a lot of times. It's not because of bad parenting and a lot of things that people want to tell us it is. And it's not like, you know, fix this with a pill. Um, I would highly recommend that anybody that has a child on the spectrum would look into functional medicine practitioners and naturopathic physicians that could actually help do some blood work you know, and other testing. You know, I find that psychiatry is a very interesting branch of medicine and it's really the only branch of medicine that never does one lab test to determine what's going on. Um, it's kind of a, a guinea pig approach where you go in, you, you list the sim- uh, list of symptoms and they just give you a whole bunch of medication to try to um, reduce the symptoms, which is basically just putting a, sim- a Band-Aid on it. And what happens a lot of times, for example, is if a child has too much dopamine to begin with, for example, if they have you know, a kind of an ADHD and they're given a medication, you can actually drive the OCD right into psychosis. So medication for some children is very, very dangerous. We also Mm -hmm. are finding too, there's actually some testing we can do to try to figure out which medication would even be best suited for each individual. So they're getting a little bit more sophisticated that way, which at least is a good thing. But unfortunately, again, we're just addressing a symptom. And a lot of our children, you know, have a medical issue. Their immune systems are really compromised. And what a compromised immune system over a long period of time will cause is chronic illness. And so this isn't just about addressing um, the symptoms of their child today with, you know, maybe some focus issues or some impulsivity or anger issues. But this is really just addressing the body as a whole and recognizing that we do the work now. We're actually warding off worse autoimmune disorders later on in their lives. So this is really about their health more than it is about, you know, mitigating symptoms. Exactly. And can you tell me that time where you lost faith in the conventional medicine? So when I started to do research, that's when I started to lose faith. Um, I really believe my doctors um, 110%. I think we're all trained to do that. Um, Our doctors are one of the most highly educated people in society. And so we automatically agree with everything that they're telling us and we're looking to them for the betterment of our health. 
What I didn't recognize though, however, when I started looking into functional medicine, which is treating every organ of the body and how each individual organ is actually a perfect symphony for each other and how they help each other out. And the fact that our mainstream medical model is only addressing one organ at a time, that started to be alarming. Then when I started to do even more research and research, you know, realizing that, you know, our FDA and our CDC and whatever organizations are, you know, out there for us trying to protect our health really are schooled and funded by the very pharmaceutical companies that are doing all these safety studies. Mm So, you know, I started to lose faith in the fact that our doctors were receiving kickbacks um, for, you know, from pharmaceutical companies, realizing that our medical doctors are only maybe getting 10 hours of nutritional training, um, training on the systems biology approach to, to healing the body. Um, and when they were very discouraging to me, you know, they told me that I would have to just accept my child's diagnosis mm-hmm. and well, I'm sorry, you know, I am yes. not going to, you know, obviously I love my, ch- my son and I would, you know, hope to bring him to the best functioning possible and to help him get, you know, to maximize his potential. So this isn't about changing our children. This is about addressing their health issues. And once we start digging deep and realizing that there really are, you know, health issues underlying these conditions, then we realize we have the power to do something about it. Exactly. And for example, like in your son's school and your environment, do you feel that people are taking on board what you're saying or are they believing the conventional medicine? Well, you know, I was very discouraged for a very long time because I really felt like I was a very small minority. Um, And we are when we look at the full picture of society because not everyone's affected in the same way. And so they may not recognize that their child has some of these underlying conditions or they recognize that the work is very hard. I mean, to restore a child's health, you know, takes work and effort and money. You know, some people are just not in the position right now or they really do believe in the quote unquote, paid for science uh, that the doctors are giving them. But, you know, I really do believe that this movement is moving forward. I really do believe because we recognize more and more when we go this direction that our children really do improve. And so I do believe now um, that it's about 50-50. And although some are not vocally speaking about this openly the way you and I are, I do think that the movement is coming and that people are recognizing um, that, their medication supplement, I mean, their medication is really failing them. And so they're starting to look elsewhere to get answers. Exactly. And Jen, how can you help parents overcome challenges related to the autistic spectrum? So I've written the book Healing Without Hurting, um, which really is a very comprehensive book, very easy to read. I've been told people feel like it's more of a novel than a textbook, although it reads like both. So it really gives you a full full spectrum of all the therapies, all the modalities, essential oils, supplements. It talks about gut health. Um, so that's number one. If anyone hasn't read the book, I really highly recommend it. Um, it's won five awards. It's getting great reviews on Amazon. It's really helping a lot of people. So I really hope that this discussion today has really encouraged some, some parents out there to look deeper, um, to read the book. I also have a private Facebook page, um, that, um, I have actually worked with a chiropractor out in Washington state who is also all about this and him and I teamed up together and we have a 20, a 20 plus hour masterclass, um, of the, of training videos for parents. Um, so I would, you know, highly recommend that they can contact me at healing without hurting at gmail.com. If they're looking for more information, if they'd like to get access to that group, 
Um, that would be fantastic. I know a lot of people have a hard time, you know, kind of reading a book, even though it is an easy book to read. So some people like to watch videos and also it's a good way to kind of get the spouses kind of involved. Um, cause yeah. it's easier to watch a 20, you know, 20 minute videos than it might be to sit down with a book. So, um, those are some of the ways that I'm trying to get the message out there and it's more about reach. It's more about, um, getting as many parents to recognize it, that there are, solutions out there that go beyond what mainstream medical is telling us that our children do have a chance, um, of exceeding all of our expectations by addressing some of these things. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, listening to your, to the audiobook, although it's not your voice, but it was easier for me, you know, to, to get all the information. Yes. And it is available on audio. And I understand though, that the last chapter of the book, which is, you know, Q and a though is not, included but I think there was like some link I think if you look in, into it that actually get, gets you the rest of the information so I was a little discouraged and you know being that I published the book with a traditional publisher I didn't really have a lot of say and who was um, you know the robo voice that, <laughs> that was on there but the information is there and um, you know and I do I do think that in our busy lives especially when you are parenting a special needs child, It could be very overwhelming and very hard to actually sit down and read. So finally, my publisher did agree to do an audio. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. And I'm grateful for you for the time you took to speak to us. You're welcome. And thank you so much. And your book is fabulous, by the way. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I have to recommend it more to people. I do, you know, we're actually going to be starting um, vision therapy Um, a little bit more aggressively with Evan. Um, it's our last thing that we need to do. Evan's still struggling a little bit with reading and he has a little bit of a learning disability. So I'm really hoping we're going to do some light th therapy um, is our next, yes, um, our next step. And it was because of your book oh, that you. <laughs> brought me to that. Um, you know, I had heard it, you know, they say like it takes like 10 times to hear something and then maybe the 11th time you go, oh yeah, that. Um, you know, we had done neurofeedback and we've done brain balance therapy and we've done tons and tons and tons of work on him, as you would know from the book. Yeah. And he did a, some vision therapy as well, but we are really going to hit this hard because I really do believe when we did the testing on him, his visual field is very narrow. Um, yes. come to find out that he doesn't have the depth perception and that's what's creating some of his motor planning problems even today. Yes. I mean, he's on the traditional basketball team, but he could be a much better player, I think. Um, yes. if we address some of these things. So thank you so much for your book oh. and, um, and helping and helping me, you know, we can never stop learning. So thank yes. you. Exactly. We can never stop learning. I think that's the message to all parents. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the sensory change podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on sensory input and ideas, visit danalatta.com. Join our community this month to get a free seven-day online course packed with practical sensory activities and strategies.